from the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. It's the Tiny House Podcast, and I am Perry. Hi, this is MJ. And this is Mark. What's up, everybody? How's it going? <sighs> Cooking with gas. Crazy mm-hmm. and nuts and crazy and what the hell was I thinking? Mm-hmm. Crazy. My Airbnb is booked 90 to 100% out through the end of July. Did I tell you that last time? It wasn't at that percentage. Uh, it wasn't at that percentage, yeah. yeah. It was at like 50, maybe. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, nice. Super booked, really overwhelmed though. Because of the bookings? Because of everything. Yeah. Right. That's a good um, thing, but right? yeah, the bookings is true. Every uh, guest has kind of a unique thing. You know, like mm. I have uh, my current guest, they are, uh, he is a plumber. And so I went down to uh, drop off some supplies and he said, my, uh, the shower, <laughs> no, the shower's oh not working correctly. Yeah. So he said, you know, I was going to get up and I was going to fix the uh, gesture hot water heater, but uh, I couldn't find a ladder. <laughs> <laughs> Note to self: Be happy that I hid the ladder. Yeah, really. <laughs> so, and then they texted me and they said they had ants, which you know, sugar ants are a big deal in Portland, sure, or in this area, oh I guess. God, right? I've got them all over our house. Yeah, impossible to get rid of. Yeah. Um, I thought, and this is weird, but I thought, how can I get ants in a house that is thirty-two inches off the ground? <laughs> guess what? You can. Anyway, so I told him to sprinkle some cinnamon. I went down there to drop off some traps and kind of do an assessment. I saw one. So one ant. So mm. luckily we have ants. Either man, they did a fantastic job mm-hmm. of cleaning them up or I got the infestation before it came and in, became an infestation. So now, does cinnamon kill them or just I was keep them away? That. Cinnamon just keeps them away. It's mm. just a detract, detractant. Um, mm-hmm. So the way that sugar ants work is once they find a source of food, they start to um, give off a hormone. So the path that they follow from that source of food back to the nest is now marked very clearly with this hormone. Hmm. So cinnamon interrupts that process. The laying down or the production? The production of the hormone. Like it, you know, messes up their senses so they can't follow the trail. Mm. So mm. they may find the food, they may go back to the nest, but you're much less uh, likely to get more to follow trail. them mm. because it, you know, messes up their. Yeah, no, it doesn't mm. kill them. It's just right. basically a. And, and inside, of course, as you can imagine, inside a 148 square foot space, yeah. you're not going to want to spray raid all in Roll, the kitchen. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, it worked out really well i mean i put some traps outside you know to right. try to keep the some borax yeah. traps outside to try to keep them probably makes them feel like bakers too <laughs> <laughs> what's up with you perry what's new i had these amazing dreams this morning <clears throat> i had a dream that um that i was rolling down the street in this old car and it failed and then when i opened up the uh, little fuse box under the dashboard a whole bunch of praying mantises jumped out <laughs> Praying and then mantis. I got out. Yeah, and then I got out of the car onto the side of the road, and this stick that looked like a stick turned into a snake and tried to bite me in the face. Then I had this dream of this um, some people that I know who I won't mention any names 
Because um, <clears throat> they're in the room. <laughs> they, um, like I said, <laughs> they, um, they, they were doing some sort of ritual that allowed them to open their third eye. And in the dream, their actual third eye opened up. And it was really kind of creepy. Kind of creepy. It's very mm-hmm. interesting. It very interesting. Really, yeah. Yeah. It was just, just fascinating. And the clarity of these dreams was, it was just like this, like how, where we are now. It was just really interesting. But Sometimes I, I hate the clarity of the dreams because it's difficult to differentiate, differentiate between. You, you have a harder time saying, is this a dream or not a dream when mm-hmm. everything is just crystal clear, mm-hmm. like reality. Yeah. So speaking of dreams. <laughs> why, why are you, why are you, so speaking of dreams, <laughs> mm-hmm. one of the things that all of mo- a lot of our uh, tiny house listeners have in common is that uh, when they go small, when they you know when they downsize, when they live in their tiny house, they want to travel more. So many is this many. A segue? Yeah. Oh, good job, Michelle. Wow, it's <laughs> so subtle. You. I didn't even know. I know. <laughs> That's why I had to ask the I question. Get a two, I get a two-point segue. I get two points for my segue. <laughs> so uh, many of us, you know, again, we downsize so that we can travel and have a lot more flexibility and have a lot more freedom. Mm-hmm. And also what I have in common, what uh, we have in common with the most of the listeners is most of us know our next guest. And if they don't... <laughs> They should go back and listen to, what was it, episode three, I think, three or four. in the early days. So today we're welcoming back a guest that we had very, very, very early on in the podcast. For the third time. Um, Oh, yeah, last week. Because we we tried. We tried. We tried. (laughs) Just for our listeners. We got a little like this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What? Uh, On two occasions, we've actually had to reschedule a show because the sound is just not right. Mm. So just so you know, we, we actually do really pay we try to pay pretty close attention. But anyways, today we're welcoming back uh, Macy Miller. Hi, Macy. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so I talked about um, all of us being, uh, you know, having this goal to to travel. And uh, just in case our listeners don't know, um, tell us a little bit about what, what you're downsizing. Tell us a little bit about what you've been up to for the past year. Well, it's coming up right on a year. This month is a year since we took off. Um, we built a, a smaller house than our original tiny house um, and travel in it. We've been to 45 states, I think we're up to. We're doing a national park tour, so wow. we're we're hitting as many national parks as we can along the way. We're currently at our 30th park, which is Arches National Park um, in Utah. And we're having a blast. It's fun. It's complicated. Um, Wi-Fi spotty. Apologize about last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what would you say is the most favorite national park you visited so far? Oh, my gosh. We all have different parks, and that's so hard to pick because they're all so different. Um, we just got done going to Mesa Verde. Um, James and I are both uh, worked previous in our previous lives. We were architects. Um and we really appreciated the the kind of history of people there. They're, they're cliff dwellings in Colorado. Oh, yeah. Um, and that was amazing. We got to go down, you know, a 140-foot ladder and actually tour some of the ruins, uh, which was amazing. We loved that one. Mm. Our daughter loves saguaro. She liked the cactuses. They look like people, and mm-hmm. she's a little social butterfly. Mm-hmm. And our son has, like... He's a toss-up. He's a pushover, but uh, White Sands he had a lot of fun at, which is a a monument, not a park. But 
um, it, it's just a big files of white sands that you can sled down. So it's like it's like sledding in the winter time, but without the cold. It was awesome. Hmm. Oh, that sounds fun. very fun. That sounds fun. That yeah. sounds fun. Have you been to Devil's Tower yet, or is that a national, not a national park? Where's that? Sorry, I didn't hear it. Devil's Tower, I think, is in Wyoming. Oh, you know what? It's funny. We missed that. <laughs> There's so much stuff up there. We had planned to go, um, but we're coming back through that way. So we'll hit it on the way way back to Boise and later this year, fall probably. Cool. Um, but no, we haven't we haven't seen it yet. That was on our short list though, and we totally skipped over it because there was so much other stuff there. So you said you built a, a tinier house or a smaller house. Um, so let's go back a little bit further. Actually, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go, let's go, let's go back. Richard. So the last time we talked to you, you were actually in labor with Miles, your son. Um, yes. And then you said you built another tiny house. So um, tell what was that? Let me see. It's very what was unique. That like? What was that like? <laughs> Are you out of labor? We're always building things, either people or houses. Huh? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Miles is two and a half years old now, so it's been a while. But um, So we, we had our original tiny house, a roughly 200-square-foot house. Um, when I was pregnant with Miles, uh, we had just completed the renovation for it, I think, when we were chatting last time, and, and I built on an addition um, I had an enclosed patio built on an addition for their bedroom. And we lived there for about a year and a half, I guess, um, while we were constructing. Our original plan was to just get a vintage trailer. We liked the, the you know, tiny size of it, and we were just going to remodel it. Um, they, they were designed to be small and lightweight so they could be pulled basically by a car, which appealed to us because I don't want to drive a big truck around. Um, and so we were going to look for one in decent enough condition just to kind of renovate, make it look pretty and make it work for our family and then hit the road. And, and we found very few, first of all, online, but we did find one. Um, well, actually we found two and one lady contacted us back and the other lady didn't. So we ended up driving out as about three hours from home and, and grabbing this trailer and it looked fine, you know, at the place. It looked old and, and like, it needed a lot of work to fix up, but that was fine. Um, and so we towed it home, started pulling it apart, and it was just completely rotted out. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't feel comfortable uh, driving. I, I, I was amazed it stood up on the way home, but uh, we ended up just taking it all the way down to the flatbed. Uh, we did save the wall um, so we could have a template. And the reason we did that was it was easier in the state of Idaho to... Um, we didn't have to retitle it. We had to re-register it. But since it was brand new trailer, um, if it looked like the original, when I called the gentleman and I said, you know, what's the process for re-registering this? Um, he said, does it still look like an Aloha? And I said, it can, you know? And so, uh, <laughs> sure. since, since we made it look the same, he was able to just register it the same. And it really streamlined that process hmm. for us. Um, you- and also, it's been convenient because our RV looks like an RV. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hear a lot of stories about schoolies um, and tiny houses not being allowed in campsites and campgrounds, and we've never had a single issue. Um, but I, I think that's because it looks like an RV and they don't know what to ask the question because who rebuilds an RV that looks like an RV, you know? Right. Um, but it works. Yeah, that process. Yeah, that process was really cool. They, uh, for our listeners, what they did is again they took the the only things they saved out of the original was the trailer and the windows, um, not even the door, and they took 
the metal skins and laid them down and cut Again, use the metal skins as a template, cut the new template, completely built the walls and the floor and everything from brand new materials yeah. from scratch, and then put it back together. It was really fascinating. It's definitely what my boyfriend wished I would have done with Betsy, my 64 <laughs> glamper. He thought we should have done that. We would have um, if we would have had the shop space, but... yeah. I thought okay. she was going to respond yeah. to that. Okay, <laughs> so it was very, it's very, very. It was very interesting to watch to look at your build. I think I looked at it on Instagram, Macy, or maybe it was your website. But um, was it? I'm just curious. I presume because you had you built the other tiny house and that you're an architect, that doing something that extensive wasn't very intimidating to you. Is that accurate to say? Um, it wasn't. I mean, I'm a budget builder, so I I like cheap. Frugal, some people like to say it. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we, the whole thing costs forty three hundred dollars, um, and that includes full solar, um, every component of it, including the original purchase. You know, we paid five hundred dollars for the trailer and the windows, essentially. Wow. Um, but then we did all of the rest of it for forty three hundred. So it wasn't bad. Wow, that's definitely amazing. pretty cheap mm-hmm. rent. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, amazing. I'd say, and then the the. Uh, is there a special story to the door that you included on there? No, it was the last thing I built, and I had no idea how I was going to do it, so I just threw it together in the end. Um, it's just one by tens and one by twelves or whatever. I laminated them together and, and threw some plexiglass in between. And um, I mean, there's a design to it. Like it's it's a, kind of a slotted door. It's got three windows mm-hmm. all the way vertical. I just kind of like that style of door, but. Um, when our bed pulls out, the dog lays on the floor, and I wanted him to still be able to see outside. Uh, so the bottom window is for that. The middle window is for him when he's standing up. It's his height, <laughs> and the top window is for us. <laughs> I mean, it's very functional, but it's, I'm, I'm all about function and pretty. <laughs> That's so cute. So for our listeners, again, this is uh, she and her husband are traveling, and how long is it, 12 feet long? Uh, it's a 15 foot trailer. The interior dimension is 12 foot by 7 foot. So, with a uh, her and her husband, two toddlers, and a great Dane. Yeah, he's handsome. We love him. <laughs> we love him, though. And I love that on the side, on the outside, they uh, they built a water and a food bowl that they actually sort of pull out like a drawer, so that it's not on the ground and he doesn't have. They don't have to. Yeah, it's really cool. So. So talk, um, another thing that you've been through since we talked to you last was really um, you've been had some zoning challenges associated with your first tiny house, um, flying under the radar for a long time, and then uh, that uh, that ended. Um, where where are you with that nowadays? Yeah. Um, well, actually, I, I don't classify it as flying under the radar. I've been very vocal. Um, I've put on classes. I've talked to the city. You know, I, they're very aware of me. Um, and I, I think for, well, at least four years, they, they just preferred to not know, you know, details. Um, but then we had um, a development going up across the street from where I've got the tiny house at currently. And it was a big controversial development. And it brought a lot of people through our neighborhood. And at some point in that journey, it got denied. Um, but at some point in that journey, somebody saw my house and I think they thought maybe I made the neighborhood a target because it was a low-income housing development. It was actually, I I was a fan of the development, but the whole neighborhood kind of was, you know, NIMBY uproar. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and and I think that 
they thought I made the neighborhood a target to some extent. I didn't. Um, but they reported me to the city. And once the city gets a report, they have no no choice but to investigate it, you know. And so I got, it was actually right as we were passing the Tiny House Appendix nationally. So it was about a month before I flew over to Kansas City to uh, testify, uh, do a public uh, testimony for um, that in Kansas City. Um, I got this uh, code enforcement notice. And so I went down and talked to them at the city and um, it's been a very productive conversation. Um, they, they've given me an extension. They, they let me live there for six months, basically, while we were working out this national thing. Mm. Um, and obviously the, the codes got passed and adopted. Um, and, and they were aware I was working on that, and they were readily waiting for the, the outcome, you know. And, and uh, when it was passed, uh, the building code enforcer kind of was holding my hand, walking me through the process to get the appendix adopted in Idaho, which we did. Yeah. Um, and and they knew, yeah. they were aware of, yeah, I know, Idaho, uh, I believe Idaho was the first to adopt it. Which yes, carte blanche. my mind, because yeah. you don't think of progressive when you think yeah. of Idaho. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they were, and, and you know, they, they held my hand through the whole thing. He made sure I didn't miss a deadline, you know, and, and generally I think I would have been the one to be on top of that, but um, Jason was the, the gentleman who, uh, he really wanted it to go through because it, it is an issue here and he wants a solution to it. Mm. Um, and so we got that passed and then they, they knew we were setting off on this road trip. And so uh, they gave it, you know, I, I have until I get back, you know, the, the house is just sitting there. Um, it's kind of unfortunate because my plan was to Airbnb it out while we were out on this vacation, mm. um, or lifestyle choice, not vacation. Um, <laughs> so, um, I, I didn't get to do that. The house has to sit vacant since it's not properly legal yet. Um, so that's, that's unfortunate, but that's, that's workable. So when we get back, uh, we pick up the discussion where we left off and I feel like Idaho's in a really good spot with it. Like they, they want a solution. They're communicating back and forth with me. We've got to work out the zoning issues. Um, which is the next step after, you know, you have a legal building code issue, you work on the zoning issues. And I've been in touch with the zoning uh, supervisor. He's all about it. He's participated on, on planning panels with me. Um, we have a real affordable housing problem in Idaho. It's just been booming. It's one of the fastest growing states because it is affordable, but it, it's just, uh, it's causing problems. So they're, they're excited to have a solution that incorporates tiny houses. We just don't know what that looks like yet. Hmm. So, um, in review, Appendix um, Q, I think it's called something else now, but anyways, Appendix Q really had to do with the building code um, associated with tiny houses, and one of the things that they talked a lot about, um, or they considered, was lofts and ladders and those types of things, but your house doesn't have a loft, um, and so it was, what was the, so you, it, it, yours is now legal Yours is actually built to code, right? It, it can be have an occupancy it, permit. And I, I, so technically mine does have a loft. Um, it's oh. kind of a hybrid loft. I, you have four steps up to a loft. You know, it's not, you can't walk under the loft, but it's, it's on a gooseneck, so it just sits up high. But oh, the, okay. what qualifies it for a loft is the ceiling height is oh, okay. under the six foot eight. So it's technically a loft by building code standard. Um, but my house does meet code in every way except my uh, egress window in the loft. So mm. previous to Appendix Q, there was no such thing as a sleeping loft prohibited anywhere in buildings. You know, it just was not allowed. 
And so kind of the argument that we used to get the the Penny House Appendix passed was that people are, building officials know that people are building places. They just call it a storage loft, and then, boom, they sleep in it after they've got occupancy permits. Um, and that's not safe. And so how about we just call it a sleeping loft and we provide egress and access for emergency responders in case of emergency. Um, and I think that really went a long way to getting it passed. But that was really the biggest adoption, I think, for the Tiny House Appendix. Is There was no such thing as a sleeping loft previous to it, and now mm-hmm. there is. Um, you just have to provide appropriate egress and access. And my window is big enough, but it's a sliding window, so I'll just have to switch out my window up there for um, something that opens fully. Oh, okay. That, I have a selfish question. How many square feet um, do you need for egress? How many square feet do I of use window. for egress? Yeah. How many, for, according oh. to the building code? I can't remember. I can't remember either. It's, it's square inches. Uh, it's so many square inches, so it can be any number of shapes. Um, but, I, I mean, my window is one and a half by three foot. I think that would qualify if it fully opened. I haven't done the math in over a year. Oh, okay. Um, so I, I, I don't want to quote anything. <laughs> I'm working on a design right now, and I was having a conversation with the window guy the other day, and so um, I I was embarrassed that I didn't know the number. So I was, I was yeah, <laughs> I, totally selfish question. No, no worries. Sorry, I can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> Not today. <laughs> so, Macy, are you... Um, how are you funding your trip and your lifestyle and all of this right now? Is your website generating income for you or are you doing That's a good question. You know, most people would rather just assume we're trust fund babies and go with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we work. We work on the road. Um, James started a company. So we both worked in architecture and then we kind of pivoted. And, and the tiny house kind of helped us pivot, you know. We didn't originally have this plan of traveling the country, not at all. Um we were using the tiny house to get out of debt and kind of spend more time with our family. And then once we got there, we were like, why don't we travel more? Um, but when we work, we spent four, I mean, pretty much four years building up our side hustles uh, to be able to make income. Uh, personally, me, um, I teach courses on Udemy. I blog. Uh, my blog is, is some income, not a lot. Um, and then um, James runs a company called CustomBrandShop.com. He's interested in techie stuff, and uh, he's always been fascinated with 3D printers and, you know, quadcopters and everything weird. But um, he builds custom 3D printed stuff, and then he outsources the actual printing. Um, so he does the design work remotely and sends it to a company to print and mail the items to the customers. Cool. What, what is Udemy? This might be this might be new to me. <laughs> what is what? Udemy. You said you. you yeah, Udemy is a, a teaching platform that it's like Teachable or uh, a whole bunch. You can just take classes on there. Okay. Um, I like Udemy because they do the marketing, and I hate marketing, mm. so I don't have to do anything, and I can still make money. Um, but yeah, it's it's just I like video record classes. So my classes on there, I have how to build tiny houses. You know, I, I have a four part series on. Um, why you would make what decisions you make. You know, what's, what's the benefit of advanced framing over standard framing over zip panels or uh, metal framing, you know? And, and I just kind of go through all those choices and why you would decide something over the next thing. Hmm. Screws or, or nails? 
Uh, there's reasons to use both of them. Good answer. <laughs> sure you're not a politician? Yeah, I was going to say, she's <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> there's a whole section on there on why you choose things, why you choose Interesting. She may not be a politician, but uh, however, she uh, definitely won. I haven't heard a lot of drama out of her life. so That's she, true, she, actually. <laughs> yeah. You have managed to avoid the tiny house mm-hmm. drama. The tiny house Live drama. Live in the soap opera. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So okay, so so I'm I'm curious, uh, and you don't have to answer this question if you don't want to. Uh-oh. Yeah, da da. like these questions. About <laughs> how, about how much income are you guys generating, and are are you like are you skimping as you travel around the country, or are you guys pretty comfortable? And brother, can you scare a dime? <laughs> scare a dime. Well, I, 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 yes, I, I feel like a politician. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the both of them. We, I, you know, I, I find life. I, oh, Macy, 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 uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Your sound just went south. Really bad. Um, sorry, sorry about that. Did you, like, change chairs? Isn't that weird that that oh. happens, like, from the smallest little thing? Is that any better? Uh, that, that's a little, little better. bit. Mm. I don't know. I literally haven't moved or changed or anything. Okay. Okay. It's back. For whatever reason, it's actually back. <laughs> yeah. Good. Okay. So, Perry wants to know how much money you're making. Oh, yes. Um, so, no, we, I mean, we make a lot less than we did as architects, for sure. Yeah. But we, we also spend a lot less. So, I'd say we're very comfortable, but we, we're frugal. I mean, we've done this trip for under $2,000 a month. Okay. Um, and, and we've been saving money on the trip. So... I mean, that's, we're probably making about twice as much as we need to be making um, along the way. But we're saving for some other projects when we get back home. We're, we're comfortable, but we're not. I mean, we don't go out to eat every night. A lot of times we do free Zoom Right now we're free Zoom docking sites, so we don't, we're not paying 30 bucks a night, you know, for a mm-hmm. state park or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so you don't need to make a lot. And, and we actually spend less on gas. This is like the most amazing thing. Um, people have, have told us we're just killing the planet with our gas. We're actually spending less money on gas doing this than we were in our daily commutes at our jobs before. Because huh. we go back and forth to work. Mm, you know, right. You go to lunch, right. Then you go back right. to work, and then you go home at night. And we're, we're driving less. And you do that twice because that's your vehicle. Now we're just all in one, and we're exploring most beautiful places in the country. But we're spending less on gas, too. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. It's amazing. It is amazing, and it's it's also amazing that people think that one person driving their car around is going to kill the planet. I mean, it's like really, I, it's in aggregate, you, know, you guys. I, I experienced this with the tiny house. I think people see your life choices yeah. as uh, it's built for theirs, and so they try to justify what you're doing wrong. Exactly. And, and some people don't have that filter that stops it from being said. But it's okay. I like to say without the same that. <laughs> yeah. Along those same lines, I'm going to tell a little story that Macy that Macy shared with uh, shared with us on on Facebook about how she was um, she was at a coffee shop and they were catching up on you know all their tech and you know they're at a coffee shop the kids are there but they're really more concentrating on you know catching up on emails and so forth and as I recall from the story someone came up and informed her that she probably should be focusing on her children Ooh. and not on her tech and they should be you know spending quality time together and and I was like 
Oh, 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 like, what would you say? Like, Perry, what would you say if you were in that situation? Fuck you, mind your own business, bitch. <laughs> Can you imagine? You know what's really funny about that, Michelle? I just emailed that gal yesterday. What? Um, to tell her about that situation. Because it really bothered me since then. So what happened? We were driving, and, you know, we're from Idaho. We don't have bunkers. We're from Idaho. So we made it all the way to Florida. We made it to Florida. We've never stopped with a bucket of Hey Macy, really Macy, Macy, your yeah. sound is it's so bad. Your sound is bad again, so we're gonna ask you to at least slow down the speech <laughs> just a little bit. Okay. Maybe we can save it in post production. Okay, keep going. Okay, um, I think when I look down, it's better than when I look up. Thank you. Um, <laughs> look way down. Okay, I, look, it's a little I look down. Okay, um, that is better. So, so we we made it all down the east coast. And we never saw that it got done us. And then Grace and I really had to catch up on some emails and stuff. And there was this little hole in the wall town in Florida somewhere. I don't even remember where. I just remember the state. Yeah, and I thought. And I was the only place with Wi-Fi. So we thought, we're going there. We got our tablet. We're downloading these movies for family night, movie night, that day, and catch up on our emails for now. And we were sitting down. And, and it did. I, I admit, it looked bad. For us, because we had our phones going, both of us are stuck into those. Right. And then we're getting the tablet set up, downloading the movie. The kids are eating donuts. Right. But what she didn't know is that was the first donut of their life ever. <laughs> they didn't know what a donut was until that day. Um, and then she came over and she told us we're not being bad parents, but we could be better wow. uh, by putting <laughs> our screens down and not feeding our kids so much sleep. Wow. And, and it, it was this lady's mom, and she came up and handed me a a business card for her daughter and told me her daughter could help us. Oh. And I totally kept my mouth shut to this girl. Because it's a mom, right? Not her. Right. And But it bothered me so much, even since then we're on the other side of the country now. And if it was my mom doing that, I'd want to know. And so I, I actually smelled her yesterday. She was cool about it. She's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know? But it was really this lady had no idea who we were, what we were doing. I admit it was wrong, but she was not interested in our story. She wanted to promote her daughter by shaming us. And it, it was like one of the most uncomfortable situations of my life. I bet. It was super memorable, again, <laughs> as a story on Facebook. And, and on the other hand, however, it also made me think. I mean, it made me think, of course, it also made me consider when I look at other people and I want to judge them or I want to say something about what it is that they're doing. Um, it actually did make me think at the same time. I was mad, you know, but it also made me think about how we judge other people. I would never, of course, go up to someone and say that, but I would certainly judge them in my own in, in my yeah. own uh, little world. Um, hey, we haven't talked to our other co-host today. Is she mm. on? Hey, Alexa? <laughs> how much does the average architect make per year? This might answer your question. In 2016, architects received a salary of $84,500. Did that answer your question? Yes. Yes. So there you go, Perry. Okay, Idaho is not on that level. <laughs> <laughs> so you and James together weren't making over 160 what was that, 180 grand. grand a year? <laughs> no, we, I, I think when we left, I don't think so. Buy that. We, we made over $100,000 together um, a year. I mean, together, we're probably making about $70,000 a year right now. Yeah, cool. yeah. But that's, that's 
together. And that, yeah. that was probably almost about equal to his salary before. Mm-hmm. And my, I was making 55 when I quit. Cool. Hey, I got another question for Alexa. Alexa, what do you know about the tiny house movement? The tiny house movement is a description for the architectural and social movement that advocates living simply in small homes. Wow, Thank you. that was pretty wow, good. Wow, very succinct. Yeah, very succinct. Good thing we pay her the big bucks. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Macy, it was great having you on the show again. Uh, yeah, it's fair to say again. Yeah, <laughs> again and, um, and again and again. Yeah, we enjoy your story so much. We're going to definitely have you on uh, again maybe when you guys well, are thank you for dead. having me. Yeah, it's, it's lovely to have you on board. And uh, Tiny House listeners, thank you for listening to yet another Tiny House podcast. Um, we're going to be on Golf next clap. week. <laughs> we're going to be on next week, believe it or not. I'd suggest you believe it. And uh, we will see you on the flip side. See you on the flip side. Are you going to throw me a special effect? I was trying, but... Oh, there's dogs in the house. What? Who let the dogs in? That's so lame. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. Compressing. Thank you very much, everyone, for watching. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Namaste. See you on the flip side. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes, if we remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Maine. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sitecast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, or whatever. You tiny house-loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon. <laughs>